What's up, players? Welcome to One Game at a Time, the podcast where we pick one video game from our vast backlogs, play through it, then meet to discuss it, review it, and deep dive into the story one game at a time. If you haven't played it yet, don't fret. The first part of our conversation is always spoiler-free, and we'll give you a heads up before that changes. Today's show is about the 2016 game Oxen Free. Now let's get started. Of course, I'm your host, Dan Lima, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Louis Mincheka. You know, Dan, I really don't have anything to say on this one. I can't tell. <laughs> I'm like, I couldn't think of one. Yeah, you gotta you gotta plan yourself better, Louis. You gotta I come know. in with, you know, something ready. You gotta have something you know, witty, you know something what? smart. You know what? I'll tell you this much. I actually have my next, you know, Dan, like on the next Ready to Press Play, it's going to be a good one. You're going to like it. Oh, you're already planning in advance. I already, already planned. Like... I already know. I already know what next one is, and it's going to be a juicy callback. I, I, I like to think that you have like you keep like a diary of some kind with all the, <laughs> you know, Dan's. You just kind of pull one up from the from the book. Um, anyway, today we're meeting here to talk about this game. Oxen Free. Uh, as we mentioned, it released on 2016, more specifically January 15th. And um, we're going to start by heating up some game facts here about the game. I, I think we're, am I going too fast? Am I going straight into the topic? Should we like kill some time first? Or are you I ready mean, to I don't go? know. Let's... I think we'd kill some time last time, but I will say yeah. this. Like I, I was going to, I could have said, you know, Dan, and then, you know what I'm about to say right now. The only reason why I didn't is because I feel like I've said it like three times, at least on twice on Ready Plus Play and once on Double XP. So I, I don't know if I wanted to say it, but I could have said, like, you know, Dan, I went to high school with one of the voice actresses and stuff. But Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, you, uh, you, keep, you keep mentioning that. I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, uh, to, uh, to hearing about who it is. In fact, why don't we just start with that? Who, who is it, Louis? It's uh, Brittany Johnson. Uh, oh, okay. She played Nona. Cool, cool, cool. Um, I noticed that uh, when I was putting this together, I was looking at kind of the, the IMDb pages for the voice actors and stuff. And it seems I put in a note here that she was also credited in the game Borderlands all the mm-hmm. way back in 2009. Yep. Um, that's kind of mm-hmm. that's kind of crazy. Um, yeah. So uh, uh, what's it called? For some reason, like she wanted to be called BJ back in high school of all things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, just, it's, it's BJ, uh, Brittany. Uh, Brittany was one of those like like hot girls back then and that was like not a bitch. You know, she was a total sweetheart, very nice, very kind person. Um, and yeah, so really nice. Uh, uh, so yeah, of course I supported her career when I saw her. She was in Borderlands. She was also a model. She posted like her portfolio all the time on online. Cool. Uh, she's, um, what do you call it? She, she was, was also in fact, like a, oh, what's up? Just to correct myself, because I was wondering, uh, if she had been on, I, I'd seen that she'd been on Borderlands and then this game was like seven years after that, but she was also on the other Borderlands games. She was like, she plays mm-hmm. a recurring character in all the different, uh, Borderlands yes. games. Yeah. yeah, well, also, like, what's the name of the developer? I forgot, but they're basically b- based here in Dallas. Uh, Night School Studio? Yeah. Uh, or... No, Born of Oh, Lance. sorry, uh, Gearbox. Gearbox. Gearbox, yeah. yeah, yeah. They're based in Plano, I believe. So, yeah, it makes cool. sense uh, for her to be in the game and stuff. And uh, what I was going to say, there was, you know, it was just for side notes is uh, she was also like a Red Bull uh, girl, like, you know, handing out Red Bulls and stuff. Um and oh, I remember when that was a thing. <laughs> yeah, they'd be in those cars and those little, bu- those uh, dude needles. I uh, when I was in college, right? I mean, I, I mean, just just picture my college, right? Full Sail okay. University in Florida. I don't typically talk about this, but um, it was uh, people called it full male at the time because it was like <laughs> it, the school felt like it was like ninety five percent male or something, especially on like the game development degrees and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and it, you know all you know the the Mountain Dew Doritos gamer types for you know for <laughs> the most part. Like I don't want to generalize, but like I, I was one of them, right? I'm not I'm not speaking ill or anything, but it was like. There was, especially back in 2011, which is when I started, there was a little bit of like a stereotype of who was like the kind of guy who would like go into those kinds of degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like nowadays is a little more diversified, uh, but it, it would often happen that these very attractive women would come in carrying cases of Red Bulls and just yes. kind of give them away in the in the school. Uh, yeah, and and all the guys would like you know like swarm them and stuff and be like, hey, hi, uh, how are you doing? <laughs> um, and that's a that's a funny memory that he just uh, brought me back to you there. Yeah, so she would be handing out Red Bulls and stuff like that, and uh, both in that instance and also in other instances, I kept for like five years after high school because we were in the same grad we graduated the same year in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, for five years post high school, I kept running into her locally. Like I would go to a grocery store and we bump into each other in the aisles. I don't know. It's like the universe was trying to like hook me up with her or something like that. Like, <laughs> we kept on running into each other for That's constantly. Funny. Then it stopped one day, but for like, I just, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm, you know, Halloween shopping. I get, you know, like just whatever. Like I would just constantly just say, Hey, you know, like, yeah. and so, cool. yeah, just kind of funny. Um, well, I think I'm she's, uh, you... mm-hmm. uh, I was gonna say, I think she's like, uh, like a spokesperson like a like a head of a i don't know she works at another company right now she's like uh the, their marketing whatever the hell i don't know oh cool all right uh well uh well, i'm glad you uh continue to support her and that we had the chance to uh to play one of the games that uh she's on mm-hmm. um in fact you know night school studio uh i got confused before when you mentioned gearbox they couldn't be in texas because they're actually a california-based developer uh, found in 2014, and Oxen Free was their first game. Uh, they've they've since released uh, a bunch of other ones. There's a game called Mr. Robot 1.51 Exfiltration on mobile, the same year as this one came out. Uh, then After Party was kind of their big follow up to Oxen Free on consoles and PC in 2019. Uh, they had a game called Next Stop Nowhere on iOS and Mac uh, in 2020, and then they're currently developing Oxen Free 2: Lost Signals, a sequel to this game. Uh, it is coming to PC, Switch, PS4, and PS5 supposedly this year, but it doesn't have a set release date yet. So no Xbox release? Um, what the hell? Uh, that was not mentioned as well when on at least on the Wikipedia article that I was basing this information on. So I don't know about that. Maybe it's coming in later. Um, Interesting. This you game know, will sell. Uh, Go ahead. Actually, uh, they they actually patched Oxenfree, uh, the first game, uh, in ahead of the Oxenfree two. So it's basically they're trying to make it so uh-huh. that they're more. Uh, in line with each other so like some of the like some of the events that's happening in the sequel is going backwards and affecting the game the first game because it's like time travel stuff are happening that's very interesting like yeah it kind of it kind of makes sense in the sense like oh yeah the sequel is affecting the first game yeah yeah there's there's some crazy stuff involving this game that i'm going to be hitting up on uh later probably on the spoiler side of the the podcast um a few more things here. Obviously, this is a, you know, like a 2D adventure uh, game. It's available on pretty much every platform under the sun. Uh, in fact, I already owned it on PS4, and I went out and bought this on the Switch because it was on sale uh, when Louis and I decided to play it. I ended up playing the whole thing on the Switch because uh, I wanted to start playing it on my flight. Um, and so, you know, I didn't want to, like, restart the game on PS4 later, so I just kind of finished it on the Switch as well. Uh, I can talk a little this bit about that. Was the... Just as a like a TLDR, like wh- performance wise, do you feel like you did? Did you miss out? Do you feel like 
I like maybe I actually, like a 30 frames or 720p or something. Yeah, I actually think I missed out. Um, oh. This game does not run that well on the Switch. Now, I'm not saying it's unplayable. In fact, it is It is very playable. It is totally, fun. It's, it's totally serviceable. But I did encounter some uh, hitches uh, with the frame rate fairly frequently. Uh, I also had a few weird bugs at a few instances in the game, but I don't know if those could be in other versions. But uh, it definitely felt like I was playing a subpar experience compared to what I assume this game is like on uh, consoles. You know, what's actually kind of interesting, I guess, I guess going into like non-spoiler performance review, uh, mm-hmm. I actually played this on the PS5 and mm-hmm. there were some hiccups like that happened whenever like you can see, I can visibly see the game loading when it like stutters because like there were a lot of times where I was trekking through the, the mm-hmm. world and then like in a long walk. So whenever like the game was trying to load the next the next map or whatever, uh, it would like stutter for like a quick second. And then did also, you, oh, what's up? Did, did you have the you know black screen with oxen free on the corner like loading screens in between like when going yes. from like a map to the next? Okay. Yes. So I watched uh, I watched a like uh, a PS4 like gameplay uh, on mm-hmm. YouTube uh, after I beat the game. And holy shit, the loading time was even longer. Like, I was already unhappy yeah. with the loading time on the PS5 because it was, but like, I actually saw it like a visible like difference, like, where it's like, holy shit, the PS4, when you go from one map to the one next map, it's like all of a sudden it's like 30 seconds, 40 seconds. But on the PS5, it's still a long time, but maybe like 15 seconds, but still, it still feels long. Especially yeah. uh, the worst offender was whenever you're like taking a ride on a, on a crane or whatever the hell it's called, like one of those. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like the worst loading time, even for the PS5. Yeah. Yeah. On, on the Switch, the loading times definitely sucked. Um, I did not like that part of it, especially because they're fairly frequent. Um, yes. That I f- found myself on that loading screen and just kind of having to sit there and wait. And we're, mm-hmm. we're a little bit spoiled with the next-gen consoles now where we don't really <laughs> get to see that that often. Um, so it surprises me that that was the case on the PS5 as well. Uh, and then... With the hitches, maybe that's just the problem with the game overall. In fact, I think that from a technical perspective, uh, this game is not... Um, this, this game definitely suffers from, I believe, is a uh, new and not as experienced development team uh, when it comes to these uh, some of these technical problems that perhaps a more advanced uh, team of, of more like experienced engineers and stuff could, could have uh, worked around or fixed because... It, it doesn't come across like the game is necessarily doing anything that intensive either. Um, so I just need fact, more optimization, you think? Yeah, I can kind of bring this in here uh, now, actually, because uh, you know, I've been doing this thing for this show where I want to kind of look at the key devs for the game and, and what their background is. And a lot of the devs on this game, like the, the lead devs on the studio that made this game, they come from a variety of different backgrounds, but they were all like certain new. They had done things like the programming lead on this game uh, had only done like QA for the most. I had only been credited with like QA work and other titles before. Uh, mm. His name's Brian Cannon. Um, the art lead Heather Gross was also just like did QA before. Um, the the person who did the music and sound Andrew Warman. Uh, he had done some stuff for Peggle Two and Plants vs Zombies Two, and then also some other games that I didn't know. Um, then we had like on the design team we had uh, two people Spencer Stewart and Kevin Ryak. Kevin Reich being the only one that I really saw that had any credits anywhere, and he had credits as an intern uh, in some Marvel games from a few years ago. Um, the most experienced person on this team was the creative director, Adam Hines. He was a writer for Telltale. He worked on The Wolf Among Us, Tales from the Borderlands, 
Uh, and he also had QA experience uh, and some other stuff. So he comes across like he's like, probably he's probably Pete Hines's younger brother. <laughs> who knows, right? Who knows? Um, so I just kind of came across like a bunch of uh, people that probably knew each other either like from the industry or just like friends or whatever that uh, were trying to make it, you know, like all like working QA at a variety of different uh, places. And then that very well, you know, were very capable of their particular disciplines that they ended up doing at this game, got together to create the studio um, and then and then make this game and the games that they made since. Uh, but I think you can kind of see the the greenness of the team a little bit um, mm-hmm. with the game. Um, with, in fact, probably the strongest uh, trait of the game being its story uh, and sort of the most experienced person in the team being a writer. <laughs> Somebody that had the, the background of a writer. So I think that kind of, when you look at that, it sort of adds to the the context a little bit in that in that sense. Um, Lewis, give me some overall thoughts. I watched a little uh, a GDC talk. Not even like, I didn't actually watch a talk. I just watched like a clip from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically the whole, uh, the, the, the guy, I forgot who it was, but he was giving a talk type saying that he wanted to make story the mechanic. Mm-hmm. And I think that it kind of sort of works for me. Mm-hmm. Um, there, especially early on, I feel like I missed out, uh, because I didn't realize, you know, that story was the mechanic. So like there were, uh, a times in the beginning, in the beginning where I was just walking, like immediately starts walking whenever mm-hmm. you get out and you're able to walk, I'm walking to my destination and the conversation didn't finish uh, yeah. by the time I got there. And they you, they just abruptly end the conversation, then they just move on. And I feel like I mm-hmm. missed out on some dialogue trees. Mm-hmm. I definitely missed out on some dialogue too. Um, there, It definitely feels like this game also struggled to figure out like how to properly deliver the dialogue and handle situations in which you could have overlapping audio. Um, so for those that don't know, because we're, we're sort of dancing around it, but we didn't quite explain what the game is. This is very much a story-driven narrative game, uh, 2D. You're usually just kind of walking. In some ways, it kind of feels like a walking simulator where you're going like from left to right or whatever, or right to left. Um, you're exploring this island. It's, there's a group of teenagers or the, the, the five characters that went to this island to, uh, to kind of have a night out together and have some fun, get drunk, whatever. Uh, they don't all particularly get along with each other. Uh, and then some weird shit starts happening. It's pretty much a tropey uh, horror movie set up in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. and, and kind of the main mechanic of the game is interacting with the other characters, making these dialogue choices, and then using a radio that you can tune into different frequencies. Sometimes it interacts with the environment, solves little very simplistic puzzles and whatnot. And it can also trigger, you know, you can listen to certain audio tracks that get picked up by the radio and stuff like that. Uh, and many times I found that, you know, you'd be talking to somebody and then I'm like open the radio to check something. And then I had the radio audio on top of what the person was saying. And they're not necessarily reacting to each other or anything. And I can't make sense of anything that's happening because of that. So I kind of had to learn to be like, okay, let me stand, listen, finish the dialogue tree. Yeah. Then now let me do the action with yes. the radio. Yes. Um, yes. I had it. Yeah. I had to like pace myself deliberately instead of. Yeah. yeah. It was so weird that it's on the it's on the it's on the player to 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 remedy the situation mm-hmm. than it is on the development. But yeah, you're right. Um, the only other thing that I, I guess I'm gonna stick to non spoilers. Obviously, we're doing non spoilers, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna just say this: uh, I got the most basic bitch ending ever. 
in the, <laughs> in, the, in the game. Like, so kind of like if you ever played The Walking Dead, there's always going to be like you and 55% of other players made this same choice, right? Right, right. Uh, and so I literally, uh, the ending, there's like, there's like eight, or hold on, I'm trying to think. I think there's like a lot of endings. Okay, but there's like, there's like six endings, and they all have different permutations. So I guess I was saying my my understanding is like there's eight endings, but there's like it's a it's a permutation. It's an if then kind of thing. And so there's like I forgot if you like did like an algorithm calculation, like there are a thousand endings or whatever, like how, like no different ways, right? Like uh, I don't know how to explain that on a from a, a statistics standpoint. There's a there's a word for it. I can't remember that word, but basically it's like you know permutation. It, per, yeah, permutations. I guess is is the word. Mm. So. Yeah, uh, every with the every with all eight significant choices that I made, they were all of you and over fifty percent of people made that choice. So I got mm. the common answer on everything. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, um, I, uh, I I finished the game and I feel like I got a pretty uh, basic ending as well. I I did a little bit of looking into like uh, like I watched the like other, one YouTube yeah. video, yes, uh, that too. explained some of the the potential other outcomes and stuff but i'm actually not sure exactly how it works that you would get them and whatnot so i don't know i don't know it in too much detail but yes the game does have uh, multiple endings and the choices that you make throughout the game do affect the ending it's one of those games that's been designed to have multiple playthroughs i believe yeah uh but and and this is i'm gonna get into some of my general thoughts about the game too while saying this i personally don't really have much of an interest on playing this game again (laughs) <laughs> um, and it's because uh unfortunately i don't know if i truly liked this game um mm. i think there was i i think that i liked the premise a lot and i think there's a lot of cool interesting things that they did with the story um but i feel like i i felt with this game what a lot of other people feel with other walking simulators that i otherwise enjoy which is, I just thought it was somewhat boring from a gameplay perspective. I just kind of felt the need. I feel like it needed to have a little bit more interactivity of some kind to really keep me engaged. I, I feel like everything was either walking, talking, or using the radio. And I feel like the radio mechanic was not as interesting as I wish it was. Because I always just kind of found myself like just sort of scrolling through it until you know I found the trigger. And it didn't yeah. feel like there was much uh, else to that. You know, like, I didn't feel like there was... A, uh, there. I didn't feel like I could be clever with it or whatever, or that I had to figure something out. It always felt like I just had to randomly, like, hold the stick until, you know, yeah. like, to go from, like, you know, the minimum to the maximum or vice versa until I found the one where I noticed, like, oh, wait, that there's something there. And then, there's a vibration, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then go with it. So I just... I, I just... And then that in addition to sort of the technical issues that we talked about uh, earlier and the fact that I had high expectations for this game because I, mm-hmm. I've i always thought it was like this beloved like indie darling and stuff. I I just sort of don't quite get it. I think there's yeah. there's good stuff to it. I just, I just don't know if I find the game overall to be a net uh, positive. Ultimately, I feel like the studio has a lot of potential. I'd be curious to see how much better they were able to get with after party, which is their next main uh, game that they released three years later. Uh, But for this one, I just, I just feel like it was, it was serviceable more so than it was like great, you know? 
Yeah, I can't. Uh, I, I I kind of sort of agree with you there. I don't really have much to say. I it, I do remember the IGN's podcast back then, where like one of the panelists was talking up the game, and so that, and also knowing that Brittany Johnson was in the game, I was very much hyped. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. like like sort of like mini hyped, I guess. Uh, and both in both instances, I was let down because uh, I was actually kind of underwhelmed uh, uh, with uh, with Brittany's uh, vocal performance. I, I mm-hmm. gotta say, uh, we'll, well get into that later. But uh, and it's also I say partly the writing, but also her. She didn't bring the oomph to it, but whatever. Mm-hmm. I I, um, I think the voice acting was good. Like I did not necessarily have a problem with any of the voice actors. I I feel like the writing was good, but some of the dialogue just didn't seem right. Uh, there were a few cringy moments, or a few parts where I think they could have been better workshopped. I guess like uh, like oh yeah, you know maybe that first that was like a first version where. You know, a second or third version could have been better. Uh, I know the writers, if they heard this, they'll probably be scratching their heads like, <laughs> no, that was the, <laughs> they know, we did many re- But I, I think you know what you what I mean, where like, I think the overall story was good, but there was just a few moments where it was like, that character doesn't seem to be like reacting as you'd expect them to react to the situation or whatever, right? Like, so like, I, it just wasn't like, um, it wasn't quite, I can't say the story was an A plus either. I feel like it, uh, or the writing was an a, was a plus either. I feel like a lot of things in this game were between like a B and a C. Um, and, you know, but back to the voice actors, just like since I have them listed here. So we had a bunch of people with a telltale experience. Uh, uh, Aaron Yvette, who played Alex, and Gavin Hammond, who played Jonas, was, were kind of the bigger they were the actors. Best, they were the best of, uh, of voice actors in the game, bar none. Especially Alex, the, yeah. the, the one that played Alex. Like, she carried that. Yeah, you know, I, like I, a I motherfucker. Told, I, I totally agree with that. And she's been on pretty much all of the Telltale games as well as Horizon Forbidden West. And she's on After Party as well. She did a character in Fortnite. She's been in a million other things. Uh, just like Gavin. Gavin has been on The Walking Dead, The Wolf Among Us, League of Legends. Uh, and then Clarissa, which was kind of the, the probably the next big uh, uh, character in the game, was played by Avidal Ash. Uh, she's also in After Party. Uh, but wasn't credited on anything else other than that. Anthony Lamb, who played Michael, was also on The Walking Dead and The Wolf Among Us. Obviously, we already talked about Brittany Johnson, uh, who played Nona, and then Aaron Cuban played Ren, and that seemed to be, like, his only uh, role. Uh, and something I thought was interesting is that all the ghosts that you hear throughout the game, that might be a little bit of a spoiler. I just realized I shouldn't have said that, but too late. <laughs> um, they They were played by pretty much... Some of these actors in, in, and also a lot of the devs of the game as well also did voices for that. So I thought that was kind of interesting as well. Um, yeah. But I just want to say, like, I just, I, I don't know, like, uh, as, 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 you know, as much as, you know, like, I love B, uh, Brittany. I was about to say BJ. <laughs> as much as I love BJ. <laughs> it's because, like, she, that's how I know her, by the way. Like, I straight up, that's, okay. So it's really hard for me to not to say her name or whatever. But as much as I love her, I, like, I just feel like she's in a completely, like, she was outclassed in my mm. opinion, by everyone else. She was the odd one out. And maybe because I was like really like, like paying attention to her specifically, I guess. I, mm. I, maybe I, ca- I, can't, I can't say I'm unbiased, right? But yeah. like, like if you compare her vocal performance to like Alex's, you know, or Aaron Yvette's or whatever, like it's completely in different leagues, I would say. Mm. Like it sounded like she was an amateur voice actress and she was acting next to professionals is what, is what I was going to say. Yeah, I I personally did not feel that way. In fact, I, I didn't even know who it was, like the person that you knew. So I feel like I, I perhaps have a more unbiased perspective because I just played the game not knowing. I, I felt like they all did a decent job. I feel like her character was just sort of the least... Yes, interesting. 
the least yeah, written character. character. So I actually kind of yeah. give, they sort of give her a pass on that because, yeah. like, on the one hand, her 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 lines were delivered a little stilted, in my opinion, but also she had the least amount of development and personality yeah. in this entire exactly. of the cast. Yes, yeah. like all the other characters, like we you had Clarissa, had, shine. They had their moment yeah, to Cla- shine. Yeah. Clarissa from the beginning was that character they're supposed to hate, right? Like, and she has like this strong personality, and you're like, what what the fuck is wrong with this woman? <laughs> you know, yeah. like, um. And 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 with you know Alex being the main character, she has so much dialogue. Jonas is kind of your companion throughout the majority of the game. Um, and then yeah, her character just sort of seemed like an afterthought in a lot of ways. So I I kind of don't uh, don't don't put that on the actors. Yeah. Uh, don't, yeah. You know I don't think that's the actor's fault necessarily. Correct. Um, the only thing we haven't mentioned here from the game facts is the duration. Of the game now, how long to beat has this at four and a half hours for the main story and thirteen hours for completionist? Um, I think the game took me about like more closer to, like six hours. Yeah. Um, and I didn't play it all in one session. In fact, I kept playing this in like one hour long sessions, basically. I um, beat the whole game in one session. Yeah. On so a we Saturday played it very afternoon. differently in that yeah. way. On a Saturday afternoon, I just played it, and then also, uh, as you know, the you know the worst. I, I don't know how I, where I stand on this, but I'm, I'm gonna. This is we're getting into spoiler territory, but this is actually technically not spoiler territory. But uh, they on South Park, the Stick of Truth. Before you go to the final boss fight, uh, they are you they about ver- to spoil another game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they no, it's like a joke. I'm a, a spoiling. Okay, a joke. all right. They're like that's fine. They're like, you better stock up at this shop before the final boss fight or whatever. You can buy all the items <laughs> right. you want, right? They made uh-huh. it a trope. Where it's a trope in getting in games a lot where like you get all yep. the ammo just before the final fight, uh, and health and everything and packs and stuff. And so literally all the characters are like, once we go in, there's no turning back now. And I'm like, Oh, okay, thank you for telling me. Uh yep. so uh I stopped playing the mainline game and I went and completed like the 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 um, the completionist the trophy hunting the oh yeah the the, the collectibles did you get all the collectibles i got all the collectibles yeah wow okay i didn't did you (laughs) what the (laughs) fuck it's a lot of i'm surprised i'm I'm surprised you cared to do that to be honest yeah um it didn't really feel like there was much of a reward uh to it i actually there is uh you get extra in the finale you get extra dialogue boxes that aren't presented to you without it. i see i see interesting the other thing too is that i was playing on switch so i got no there's no like achievements or trophies or anything so i didn't oh yeah 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 yeah, that's right because we got got achievements and yeah had i played it on the ps4 i would have probably gone for the trophies especially if this is one of those like easy platinum kind of game it is not it yeah oh there we go um <laughs> there yeah there are different ways to approach the game you can go more like nice or mean and i bet that you've got to get some different endings to uh to uh to get the platinum or something um <laughs> all right before we move on to the spoilers then final thing is just like do oh, we well. recommend this game to the audience or you know what uh i don't know if you want to rate it yeah uh, i saw i saw your scale uh uh, it's somewhere it's somewhere between a C and a D for me. Like uh mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get into that a little later, but it just sort of feels like there's um the game is good enough, right? Mm-hmm. And that's about it. But I don't think good enough is is good enough and in these times when there's so much more stuff to play. Yeah, so. I sorta of agree with that. Um so uh I kinda of put together a, a new uh 
um, like a, a scale for us to do this here. You know, I, I have like a six point scale basically, and I sort of translate it to uh, to different grade points and numbers and whatnot. Uh, but the summary of it is that a bad game is a yikes, and then it goes from like mad to good or mad to like you know a ten. Uh, when we and I'm call I'm calling it unremarkable, competent, good shit, marvelous, or breathtaking. Uh, in our best uh, Keanu Reeves, uh, you know, impression there. Yeah, you're breathtaking. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, I I also agree with you. Like this game sort of fits somewhere between like an unremarkable or competent for me. And I think that if I were to give competent to Tracto Yomi, then I think I need to give this unremarkable because I put this just like a step below it. And I don't know if I would quite recommend it. It's like if you're into this like kind of game into this kind of like you know like branching story narratives dialogue heavy mostly just the story not a lot of interesting gameplay if that's your jam uh then yeah go for it you know you may have a different opinion some people are really into it some people get really into the story i uh, want to try to get the different endings and etc but if you want something with a little bit more involved like gameplay and just kind of more interesting mechanics and whatnot then I think there's plenty of other games out there that that yeah. you'd be better off spending your time with. So before we go into spoilers, uh, Ready Press Play gives it two thumbs sideways. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a that's a good one. Yeah, um, what's it called? Uh, like the, I don't know if you remember, like there was like a Ebert and Robert for movies. They 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 were like famous movie critics, mm-hmm. and so like uh, when uh, back in the back in the nineties commercials would have like Ebert and Robert's movie ratings on there. Like this movie has two thumbs up uh, <laughs> because it's two people, Ebert and Roger Ebert and whatever, like Roper, like I forgot the other's name. It's two people. And mm-hmm. one of them would give it a thumbs up. The other person would give it a thumbs up. So then they'd get two thumbs up. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how they did it. Uh, so uh, there would be like a, it would be a huge selling point to have a movie get two thumbs up. Yeah. Right. So. Well, there we go. Uh, Yeah, we give it two thumbs sideways. I think that very much encapsulates it. (laughs) Um, All right. You have been warned. We are about to get into the spoiler territory from this point on. I mean, we already kind of did spoil the game a little bit, but nothing too. Yeah, nothing too strongly. Nothing you wouldn't find out, you know, a third of the way through the game anyway, I believe. So, yeah, um, let's now get into all of it. You've been warned. Get out now. Or, you know, if you don't care, then you can listen in. Uh, and Louis, as typical, I'm just kind of going to pass it over to you and let you guide the sort of guide to where you want to take the conversation. What, are, what have you been itching to spoil? Uh, the first thing I want to talk about is uh, the ending, because that's really where like <laughs> one of my, my mind jumps to is mm-hmm. uh, because the game is about relationships, about like you know, where you are with everyone. Like, did you mm-hmm. make Clarissa, Clarissa was such a bitch the whole game, but then you, uh, did you turn her around and did you make her a bestie? Um, who mm. did you pick as like your, your bestie that like accompanied you uh, throughout the whole game? Um, actually, yeah, I guess we don't have to go to the ending. Let's, so, let's do, let's do this. I got, I got it. I figured it out. Okay. First, the first major decision that you have to make is who do you go to first, Clarissa or Michael? Who did you go to? Okay. Um, I went to, it's not Clarissa or Michael, by the way, it's Clarissa or Ren. Damn right? it. You're okay. right. It is. Wait. Uh, Michael's the yeah, brother. Michael, that's right. Yeah, Michael's I mean, the dead brother. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Ren. So okay, I went yeah. to, I went to Clarissa first. Me too. But 
I don't even know what that influences, by the way, because it sort of came across like it was sort of like an arbitrary decision, like I could have done either. I'm sure that it has some um, impact on the ending or whatever. But it has impact on your relationship with the characters. So like, okay, uh, if you go to uh, Ren first, then like Clarissa thinks that you don't like her. Like even even though she's already a bitch, you know what I mean? Like so, he doesn't turn her opinion on you around. So I'm gonna bounce around here a little bit because. Here's the thing. When I when I got to the ending of the game, uh, what you get at the ending is basically this photo of the characters, right? Yes. Like they take a yes. photo together at the end or whatever. And that photo looks different depending on what choices yes. you made. Yes. The um, arrangement of who's standing next to who or whatever. Yeah. It changes like uh, all the like in, in a lot of different permutations. Right. So in my photo, Clarissa d- looked upset. Like she didn't look happy. Really? Uh, she looked sad or something. And I expected that that would have had to do with you know me going to her and not going to her or whatever but i did go to her and i so i'm guessing like i must have missed something else to have Mm. you know become like friends with her or whatever because i don't Mm. think i ever i I didn't sacrifice her but i don't think i i necessarily got that in my picture everyone was smiling uh Mm -hmm. including clarissa she was all by herself but smiling Mm-hmm. Um, you were like she we made I made amends with her or whatever and she was like happy with me and I don't know what it is that I that I did to trigger that you know obviously I was going out of my way to like you know to have these heart to heart talks or whatever with her like like mm-hmm. no like uh you know all that stuff. I guess I guess it has to do with Michael I guess I don't know uh, yeah, I can't tell have. you I can't tell mm-hmm. you okay uh what's the what's the second do you have like a list of the of the choices or something that you're looking at no, I don't. I was just going off of like the the story progression and stuff like that, just thinking about what happened. Like I just remember the first major choice was that. Um, by the way, like I don't know, like is there a way to not have the supernatural stuff happen? Because like there were times in the beginning of the game where like we could be like, let's just turn around now or whatever, right? And mm-hmm. like, does the the game force you to go into and and like and wreck havoc and play uh, the radio tuning to like make the whole. Sh- uh, like shit go down so, because I never tried turning around. I never tried resisting. From my understanding, the the radio tuning segments where you know something happens are called the anomalies, and yeah. there are some that are just kind of incorporated into the story, um, and there are some that are more like almost like collectibles as well, like where they're out of the beaten path. Yeah, um, for you to find them and stuff. There's even guides and walkthroughs. You know, like here's how you get all the anomalies and whatnot. Uh, I heard I, I when I watched a YouTube video and I was kind of reading the comments and stuff. There was somebody that said that in the beginning of the game, uh, where you know the characters are going into the cave or whatever, yes, that she uh, she through the dialogue was able to convince have Alex convince Jonas to walk back with her and to like not proceed into the cave. What? And then when they try wait, but when they yeah. try to walk back, the entrance of the cave is blocked out. Uh, like um, the or the exit of the cave is blocked out, so they have no choice but to actually uh, go through it. Damn it! Um, so there are there are ways in which the game is still sort of guiding you to get to where you need to get to. There, despite the fact that there is branching and there are options and stuff, there yeah. there is certain things that you can't do. Damn it! Okay, because I was thinking to myself yeah. like. Uh... Like, you know, like, kind of, like, how it should have ended kind of stuff, where it's like, oh, what if we just don't, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. uh, especially because I, I remember, like, early in the game, like, the game gave you outs. It felt like it gave you an out, but I didn't take it, right? And then whenever, mm-hmm. like, uh, there was parts of the games where, like, the characters are blaming you because you did this, you, st-, like, it's like, damn, I could have just, like, not did this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, there was that. Um, 
I got to say, uh, some of the, uh, there's a lot of like YouTube videos that I watched, um, uh, because like some of the radio stations had Morse code and it was one of the dead ghosts that were trying to talk to you to give mm -hmm. you and like a story. Like there's like a subplot going on when just Morse code. Um, and basically like there was like, I guess there was that old woman that died just before you got there. Right. Apparently yeah. she has like this friend that was a girl, possibly a lover. Uh, Anna. but Anna, yeah. And Anna was the one communicating to you through Morse code. Yeah. I don't know if you knew that. Um, um I think I saw that on, uh, one of the things that I was looking at as well. And, um, and then also, um, the dead, the old dead lady, uh, she was obviously uh, helping you out as well because she dropped these letters. And mm. as soon as you unlock the, uh, the extra radio that has more stations, um, all of a sudden you can tune into the specific station and you can hear her, you know, giving like a, a repeated message. Yes. So, uh, and that repeated message is always going to be a clue as to the location of her letter that she hid. So every time you mm -hmm. go into a zone, you uh, tune into that station and you basically follow that clue uh, to where the letter is on the floor or whatever, pick it up. And mm -hmm. as soon as you pick it up, it goes away. The, the station stop repeats it, I stops see. the loop. Yeah, so there's a lot of kind of like unspoken, unstated secrets in this game uh, with the radio that you can like tune into things and find. Um, and I, I think maybe that's that's one of the things that people got really into, especially I I imagine the community around this game on, around the time that it came out uh, was probably very uh, engaging uh, to participate on with people like figuring shit out and like sharing with each other and stuff. Um, you kind of lose a little bit of that when you get to one of these games late, right? Because uh, mm -hmm. all the information is already out there somewhere. You can find it in a guide or whatever. And I personally <laughs> did not figure out like those kinds of things. Well, well, I, I did get intrigued like with the Morse code. I was like, this seems like uh, this seems like Morse code. I wonder if I if I can translate this or whatever. And then I, I, I spent like five minutes trying to like figure it out. And then and then once I it was becoming too complicated, I was like, fuck it. I'll, I don't I just want to get through the game. <laughs> so. Um, I didn't sit down and really get into it, but I, I bet that there were a lot of people in the time that did. In yeah. fact, uh, I don't know if you want to jump into this right away, but are you aware of the way that this game connected to a real world experience, Lewis? I know about the ARG, but I did not look yes. into it at all. Uh, so I know that it happened and I don't know if it was already solved or not. Yeah, it has been solved. So I, I it was actually solved like in the year um it was concluded it's solved on june 11th 2016 so it was like six months after the game came out damn why um, did i think it was like solved in 2020 or something like that i thought it was like a years of like not solving it but whatever yeah. it, it, it looked like there was like another um thing going on as well but that one might have been like a fan thing i didn't quite understand it but the main the main thing so like an arg um it stands for an alternate reality game and what the developers of this game did is that they hid a lot of like secrets within the game um easter eggs and whatnot that <coughs> sorry uh when put together kind of become this uh this crazy scavenger hunt that led to something in uh in in real life um uh, in fact let me pull up this article here so if you go on the trivia slash easter egg segment on the doc lewis uh i'm gonna read the second article uh which is just a little bit more summarized uh, it all began with a phone number hidden within Oxenfree's in-game radio stations or anomalies. When called, it played the song Beacon Beach by the artist SCNTFC, uh, which is the composer behind the game soundtrack. Uh, well, so what? Go back, go back and listen again and you find lines of Morse code in the song 
with messages such as Maggie, all is lost, and most interestingly, search Twitter for numb. Internet's loose looking the number up on Twitter found a cryptic profile, and so began Oxenfree's alternate reality game set out by the creators of the supernatural teen drama and night school studio. Um, to explain what happened after that, Damien Bamford recently released a short documentary about the ARG, profiling its discovery uh, and its participants' journey through the Pacific Northwest. Following the group of around 20, Bamford's documentary shows the strange journey Night School Studio and SCNTFC sent its fans on, culminating in the discovery of a one-of-a-kind music box created by the composer at Washington's Fort Ward. Um, you know, I saw this thumbnail on YouTube on my recommended feed. I didn't watch it because I was watching like a lot of oxen free stuff, and on now, mm-hmm. I just never decided to. I never just put the time in to watch this video, but I feel like I should have for the for the review. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I didn't watch the video either. I just kind of did it like some quick reading through it. But it's just I find this fascinating. Like they hid the stuff in the game that then linked to a Twitter account, and there was like this whole thing going on. Uh, and this group of 18 people in the community got together and actually went out and found this physical item that had been, you know, like, I mean, how crazy would it be if they had, like, buried a body somewhere or something? <laughs> and that's that's what it uh, ultimately led to or whatever. Um, it makes me think of those creepy pasta, like, old internet stories and stuff. Like, I remember there was one back in the day about how there was, like, some... Um, like coordinates hidden in a video game or something that led to somebody finding a, a body or whatever. It's crazy. Well, shit. People found people uh, have found bodies playing Pokemon Go. So you know. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, you, <laughs> never, you never know. I I wouldn't go around digging for things uh, that I that I don't want to find. I guess. Um, but yeah. So back to the game though. Um, I don't know. What do are do you have anything else in your mind? Who's your who is your who is your bestie that you chose the most uh, to hang out with the most? Uh, you know, I think the person that I ended up sort of besties with was Jonas, um, but I I wasn't necessarily that consistent in the game because I, I just kind of, I was trying to be nice to everybody. And because of that, I was a little indecisive at times. Like there's a part towards the end where Jonas and Ren are fighting. Right. Uh And in that moment, I was like, you know, you two figure yourselves out. I'm going to go out with Nona. (laughs) Um, oh really? You did that? Yeah, I, I went out with Jonas did, the entire yeah. time. Like mm-hmm. every single turn, I only paired up with Jonas, never with anyone else. Interesting. The entire the entire night. Uh, by yeah, the end no. of it, were you and Jonas brothers and sisters? By the way, like were you like, oh yeah, like you accepted each other as family? Yeah, yeah. We still it still we still worked out together and stuff. Um, also, by the way, let, let's just talk about the fact that apparently you can bring Michael back to life. Yeah, <laughs> like, I did not hell? know that either. Uh yeah um, she comes yeah I saw that in one of the videos the alternate endings that I didn't get you just have to make different choices when it comes to the relationship between uh um uh, okay so spoilers obviously um mm-hmm. the story begins as you guys are going into the you know to the island and the the just before that happens like just maybe a few months prior um Alex's brother Michael dies and Alex uh, blames herself, and Clarissa also blames Alex uh, for Michael's uh, death because uh, Michael was about to go to college uh, away, uh, out of state or out of like the the area, and so he was gonna go away, like travel away. So um, Alex kind of didn't want Michael to go, but uh, after like letting, like allowing for him to go, uh, Alex asked Michael to go swim just to teach uh teach her how to swim before just one last go around and in mm-hmm. the, the swim during the swimming swimming lesson alex uh 
or Michael drowns. Um, mm-hmm. And so Alex feels guilty. He's like, if I didn't just ask, if I didn't ask him to teach uh, to teach me how to swim, this wouldn't have happened. And then Clarissa is also saying the same things like, you're the reason why and all that stuff. So that's part of the reason why she's a bitch. Clarissa dated Michael, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, she's the ex, the, the bitter ex girlfriend and all that stuff. And uh, so um, during my playthrough, I let uh, Michael go. I, I I thought the correct thing to do was to accept him, his loss, and just let him be free to go away, not realizing mm-hmm. that that was going to kill him. So if you turn around and just be a selfish, selfish bitch, a selfish bitch, and say, no, Michael, stay here, stay with me, don't go to college, stay in town, and mm-hmm. that happens, then the swimming lesson never happens, and therefore Alex doesn't, you know, Michael doesn't drown. Yeah, that's the interesting thing is that these parts in the game are, uh, they're presented as flashbacks or rather they're sort of presented as, uh, you know, almost as if you're, it's like an illusion of some kind, yeah. right? Like that's how I interpreted it. Um, but upon watching YouTube videos about it, it sounds like it's more like, no, you're actually being sent back in time because the situation has created like a, a tear in, you know, time and space or whatever. And so you can actually change the past in those moments. And I feel like, Knowing that would have made me perhaps play the game very differently and try different things to see how my choices can affect the future. Um, And that's where some of that replay value is, right? Um, I just wouldn't want to go through the chore of like just just the 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 five hours of repetitive gameplay and the plenty of repetitive dialogue. If I could like uh, if I could play it in such a way where sort of like 12 minutes, you're kind of skipping through dialogue that you've seen before or whatever, you know, uh, and yeah. you can get, get straight to like the meaningful choice. If there was like a concise way to play it like that, then maybe I would, but otherwise then I, I think I'll pass on it. But yeah, I thought that was interesting. I wanted to ask you, did you, from the beginning, uh, when the story starts to unfold and the weird stuff starts to happen, uh, did you know it was going to be about spirits and, you know, like spirits kind of trying to be stuck in this loop and trying to possess the characters and whatnot because i almost felt like that was a weird tonal choice uh with the game because from the beginning i could swear this was going to be an alien story oh really okay i yeah. had no idea actually you know what yeah kind of it kind of seemed very alternate dimension like yeah it it felt very more sci-fi i guess than than I yes guess, technically classical horror with ghosts uh, I guess it was like a melding of the two because the ghosts really didn't consider themselves dead. Actually, they considered themselves stuck in an mm-hmm. alternate plane of existence. They, they didn't. That's fair. They didn't want to let go. Yes, because they're like they didn't. They sort of see their they they see they envision themselves coming back. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, as a matter of fact, that's part of what happened in the side story in the background where Anna and I guess, I forgot that old lady's name, but anyways, they were uh, they were trying to bring them back. They were trying to research how to open up uh, the, a temporal portal so that they can come back and cross into our world again. Uh, because mm-hmm. uh, in the in the backstory, they were in this they were on this nuclear sub uh, that had like you know it was like this advanced thing. There was like testing going on. It was like um, what do you call it? Like testing new technologies kind of stuff going on. And what happened was the old lady who was young back then, uh, she knew about the test, but the other people on the base didn't. So what happened mm-hmm. was the, the, the submarine, the test technology submarine, got blown up by friendly fire because when it, when it tripped the radar, uh, she didn't know that they didn't know. Like she didn't know that the other people on the base didn't know, didn't speak up, and it caused them to all die. So she harbored this guilt 
and that's why she wanted uh, she wanted to bring them back to life because when she was when they were talking through the radio from the from this uh, other worldly place or whatever she had hoped that there was a way to you know to undo her mistake Mm -hmm. so which that's kind of like an interesting parallel to alex story as well right and then how she has to kind of learn to let go of michael but then within the story that's also up to you and you also have choices to potentially try to bring him back um yes yeah i don't know i don't know why with the like even like the iconography and the 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 art style of the game the letters like the 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 font and everything i just got like uh yeah like i i I just got that vibe from uh you know those those that what's that movie where there's like the the big signs in the in the like uh plantations and stuff like um oh uh, i think it might just be called signs yeah Yeah, yeah Like, that's kind of the vibe I was getting. So I thought, like, in the beginning of the game, I thought that was kind of the direction that it was going. Uh, so when, when you kind of find the backstory into something else, that was kind of, like, that sort of subverted my expectations a little bit. Uh, but it ultimately worked, you know, it, it made sense in the end. Uh, but yeah, it just felt more sci-fi than it did, you know, your your typical, um, you know, like, ghost story or whatever. What do you um, what do you think about the mm-hmm. game being hopeless, though, in a sense? Because I don't know if you know this, yes. but canonically... Canonically, the game is a one big time loop. Um, it's so when you when you do a second playthrough, it's part of the canon of the game. Because yeah. uh, as a matter of fact, you're supposed to play it twice, at least twice, for the for another ending, another secret alternate ending, which we'll get into later. Uh, but uh, so she's supposed to have the memory of her first playthrough in order to inform her and change her decisions for their second playthrough, so she can also get a secret ending. Um, yeah, I was I was wondering about that because I actually didn't know if I if I played it a second time if it was going to basically to reset all the data or take into account my no. previous playthrough and the stuff that I see. Yes, it takes into account like uh, mm-hmm. your 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 previous playthrough. Uh, so you don't know about the secret secret ending. So I first first I want to before we get into that because I don't, but um, I do want to hit into one point. What you what you're alluding to is that you finish the game right, you get your ending, whatever it is that you did. Uh, you get to see the the credits, or I don't remember if it's like before the credits or after the credits or whatever. Uh, Alex about the picture, is yeah. yeah. There, there's like an epilogue, right? Yeah, Where yes. like Alex is looking at the picture and it comes across like it's been a while, I don't know, like mm-hmm. a, like mm-hmm. a year or something. Uh, and just talking about what everybody's up to, like, oh yeah, this yeah. person went to college somewhere and this yes. person is doing this, and I'm still figuring it out. And then you get to see that sort of screen effect again of like the the old like VH, vhs tape like yes. kind of effect that they used every time you were being sent back in time or you're stuck in a time loop uh and then she kind of starts saying the things she was saying at in the, the beginning, beginning of, of the game. game yes um so it sort of indicates like oh wait she's not she never escaped the loop right she's still in the loop she's just gonna go back now after like living like a fucking entire year or whatever <laughs> um so yeah i I felt like that was like uh, that. That hit me. It was like it almost sort of gave me chills and stuff. I was like, "Oh yeah. man, goddamn, that's that sucks." <laughs> yeah. It was like the it's, game. Uh, it, the game feels very hopeless in that sense because you can't. Yeah. You, every single time you get the ending, you're always going to reset back to the beginning. Uh, so there mm-hmm. is no there is no escaping the loop. And as a matter of fact, even on the my only my first and only playthrough, the game was even alluding to it canonically within the like. The ghosts when you were talking to to uh, her, like, and I wasn't really like it wasn't landing for me, like. But the ghosts were trying to tell you that we've already had a version of this conversation before. We've already done this song and dance, like. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Holy shit, we did!" I guess, I guess now that when you when you play it back, it's like, "Oh, we've had this conversation before." We we the ghosts know that there's no getting out. 
mm-hmm. uh, and so it's kind of crazy that the game the, the what, what you felt like as the enemy of the game was like was really was telling you the truth the whole time and and it almost makes me think that you could just like make different deals or whatever and even when you do make different deals actually not that i think about it it's still not going to get you out of the loop either because like mm-hmm. there were many times in the game where the, you, you get, you're given the opportunity to just give away clarissa to save yourself but even when you do that now that i think about it you're not going to escape the loop either mm-hmm. so yeah it's very hopeless it's so dire it's so dark but yeah yeah uh what do you just so just in that sense i mean i guess tonally i guess what do you what do you think what do you think of that i agree like, with you um i i i think that's okay like i i i like um I, I don't always like things to be happy and kind of make you feel good and stuff in fact <laughs> um, i do i do but whatever yeah. go ahead Leah and I talk about this a lot because my favorite stories are the ones that are just gut wrenching and get you crying at the end and have like a sad ending or whatever. Like that's like I I I just love that shit. Like um I I for some reason I just feel attracted to that kind of that kind of darkness that like empty like my favorite thing is like when you're watching a movie or something it gives you like it makes you feel that pit in your stomach of like oh my god like um, I can't believe they, they they just did that or whatever. Like they just killed off that character that yeah. I loved or whatever. Like I just love that stuff. Like I really because I think I just like really respect the guts to do it because it goes it's so against the grain of what we've learned to expect of media over time, you know. And we've always had like the comedy and the tragedy out the way back in like you know the old like theater and stuff. But for whatever reason, I think that. Some people are just more attracted to one versus the other, and I've just always been more attracted to the tragedy for some reason. Um, so yeah, <laughs> um, dark moment aside, I like that. Like it, it did hit me, uh, but I like that. I just wish that to me, I feel like it would be cool if they had um, like just one secret ending like one very difficult to achieve like it's going to be on like your third playthrough or something uh where you do everything a certain way and then you break the loop i think that being a video game um and and being the the sort of like the branching paths like a big part of it i i think that would be cool if they did that and that's where the super secret ending comes in i'm surprised you didn't look it up on youtube by the way i i missed that i watched i watched one youtube video only but it was like 10 minutes long and it talked about a bunch of things but i don't think it talked about this so let me know so the super secret ending um so you have to make a lot of decisions and choices and stuff that leads to it but uh you know the room before uh when you're going what is it the the um, what is it the uh, the bomb shelter you know how Mm -hmm. you go into the bomb shelter you call you climb down those stairs and then you have to go into a door right yes uh before you open that door you can actually use the radio on the second playthrough uh to warn yourself to not come to the island in the first place Mm. yeah interesting uh so you 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 record it and then you go on and do the rest of the playthrough and so it's like this half and half where it's like you have the happy ending but you also it's still a sad ending because the game just loops around and you start over again anyways even with the new ending even with the alternate ending where where uh you'd never come to the island you're still stuck on the island like but there's a yeah. version of you that in never another existed. dimension. Yes. I see. That yes. never got stuck in it. There's a version of you, but you're still stuck. Like, in order for you to warn yourself, like a version of yourself has to get stuck. Mm-hmm. So that's basically like a half. It's like splitting hairs. 
mm-hmm. but yeah, that is the super secret ending where you re- she records the message. And you remember at the very beginning of the game where you have the radio and you um uh, I tell you you have a friend that's a, that's the re- radio DJ and like go to the station and go to the station and let's listen to this uh, shout out right. So it's basically mm-hmm. that part where she's like you know turning on the radio looking for the shout Interesting. out and then that's when she heard her heard herself and it's her voice it's like i didn't record that and the other guys with uh, uh was it jonas and 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 ren were like yeah yeah that's a very funny trick you played there's like i never said that like and she was like you know mm-hmm. like and you have to like and it's a dialogue choices by the way because you can ask you can laugh it off and continue going to go about the island or you can like say no i really didn't say that and then they take it seriously and then they just sort of walk away um interesting yeah yeah so there is that part towards the end of the game where you get you very quickly jump through like three or four past moments that you were in the island and you talk to yourself over a mirror yes right i had no uh, idea I, what to tell myself by the way like me neither i was also like i, I don't just, know what i, I sort to of, say yeah i i picked what seemed to make the most sense to me at the time but i was like i didn't quite know what was going on there but that's when i started wondering like i was like do these choices have like I think I think that's where uh, when I got to that point, and I know it's very late in the game. That's when it sort of all came together in my head, sort of like kind of what yeah. the what the game truly was. You yes. know what I mean? Where I was like, "Oh, I see. I am communicating with myself from the past when I was here before." And that was another like cool like um, like oh, I shit remember moment yeah. in yeah. this game. But 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 I was so it, everything was so quick too. Like I feel like. For as slow moving as this game is, sometimes they don't give you enough time <laughs> for the choices. Because, like, uh, for a lot of the choices, I feel like you have, like, I don't know, like, five seconds to pick one of the three choices or something. Otherwise, yeah. they fade away. I hated that. Um, I hated when dialogue boxes were fading away and I have to, like, make a choice. I'm like, come on. Like, yeah, this is, uh, I don't know. Like, it, it really did annoy me that there were a couple of times where I didn't say anything. Like, I couldn't mm-hmm. decide what to say and I ended up saying nothing. And then the game, right. and, the, and then the dialogue moves on without me. Uh, that was kind of annoying for me. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, what they tend to do in those uh, kinds of situations that they consider like not saying anything is a valid choice, basically. Yeah. So like the branching dialogue will take that into consideration. Um, I don't know to which point that is a valid. Like I wonder. It may, now that makes me wonder if there's a playthrough where you can play the entire game without making <laughs> any link you know, saying, by being yeah. link. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I got a I got a, a question for you, and this is like my mm-hmm. own my my own another one of my major grievances with the game. Okay. I know that I know the game is supposed to be paced in a such a way where like you have you're you're talk you're walking and talking right. You know the mm-hmm. the dialogue and the story is a game mechanic right. So you need to like pace you're walking to match the conversations that you're about to go down my question is do you, i i feel like the game needed a sprint button that's that's my, <laughs> my question is yes should there have been a sprint button in this game no i i here's the thing i understand why there isn't one because if there was one you would miss most of the dialogue which is the kind of the arguably the most important part of the game right right um but at the same time i did get annoyed and how slow the character moved most of the time. And the reason why I lean closer to a six than a seven with this game, one of the main reasons is because the game a lot of times felt like a bit of a chore to play. And I hate, <laughs> I hate to say that because I really hope that I would love this, but 
so many times you're just like very slowly walking through this environment and then very slowly climbing up a set of stairs yeah um while having this dialogue with the characters and it wasn't always that interesting i mean sometimes it was just like i just sort of wanted to get through it or i just kind of wanted the dialogue to be simplified or something and i don't know i guess and the worst part is is like the game does require backtracking even for collectibles like mm-hmm. uh there's a like a little bit of a metroidvania aspect to the game because you have to revisit places that you've been in with the new radio in order to Mm -hmm. get certain collectibles that you couldn't get the first time around. And so Mm -hmm. it's very annoying where like the game requires backtracking and you, you, there is no dialogue because you've already been there. So you're just walking through this place very slowly. And I had to get to, I had it for, for a good stretch. I had to go walk from one, one end of the Island to the other end of the Island. And it's, it was a bit of a pain in the ass. And so uh i i just i feel like the game requires a sprint button to help either either a sprint button or give me a fast travel system like one or the right. two right but once again that kind of goes uh this is what people sometimes call like a cursed design problem because um the problem is you're too slow it it, it takes too long to go from point a to point b we need a fast travel or a sprint button but then the consequence of that is that then you basically lose the game because the the entire like it goes against the core design of the game because the core design of the game is that you're supposed to experience the story by listening to this dialogue and if you the moment you get to a door and you load into a next level or whatever the dialogue resets and it's you're somewhere else on the dialogue in that other place you know and a different line triggers so it just lead to you missing a bunch of stuff unless and also the dialogue is attached to locations, right? So like when it tells you like, hey, you're over here, you're supposed to get over there. There's a linear path to get there and you're supposed to follow it. And the game is counting on you following it and giving you a specific dialogue. Like, you know, when this level loads at this point in the game, this is the dialogue you get, you know? Yes. Um. So it's sort of one of those like, I don't know how they could have solved it. Maybe they could have given it to you later on in the game. Uh, just for the collectible hunting. Um, I kind of just wish the game was like, maybe if they cut off like half the dialogue, literally, uh, or made it a little bit more contextual. Um, like, you know, give me dialogue that I can choose to engage with by approaching a character and pressing a button like you do in some cases and give me less of the dialogue that will play regardless. Um Perhaps in that scenario, if you have less dialogue and to give, you can make the player faster or give them a sprint button and they will still be able to get through it. You know, um, I don't know. It just feels like the player being slow is a necessary part of the design for this game to work, but it's also not fun. <laughs> so, um, like I said, I feel like it's a cursed design problem. I almost feel like this game was sort of doomed from the start <laughs> or at least like it was not going to be fun, you yeah. know, uh, at least not for people like us. So my next question is, uh, did you let Jonas go through and figure out what was up with his mom? I did. Okay. Uh, uh, so he I basically, did. he basically time traveled, right. And, and basically got to relive a moment with his mom. Is that what happened? He yeah, said he thought of it as a, he thought of it as a memory, but he, we know that in, in hindsight that it was him actually time traveling. Yeah. The interesting thing about that is that at first, um you know he does that and then jonas disappears right so i was like 
oh, I wonder if I made a bad choice here and that he's going to be dead at right. the end because of this. Uh, but then he's still, he was still fine yes. at the end. And, and, so and it, still like, he was still friends with me, by the way. Like, he was like, oh, yeah. he's my, my brother's sister or whatever. Right? You know, what's kind of interesting is like, um, in the, in the, in the earlier on in the game, I warned myself not to let him do that. Like, you know how like mm -hmm. there's like a, the mirror part, you know? Yes. Uh, like you, you experience it twice. The first time when you're on the receiving end and the, and the second time on the, when you're in the giving end. But like on the receiving end, like I didn't know what I was saying. So I just picked a button and I just happened to pick. It's like, don't let Jonas talk to his mom or whatever the hell. And, uh, and I, under, I didn't really understand it. Like, I don't understand what the point, because Jonas was like under the, under the assumption that his mom was trying to talk to him. And mm -hmm. I, the game didn't really make that clear if that really was the case. Um, yeah. And I feel like that plot it's went sort of, no, that felt, I felt like the plot went nowhere. No, that came across as sort of like an irrelevant choice that I don't think uh, influenced the ending. But maybe it did in no, some way. It uh, not it didn't even influence the ending because I've seen a playthrough. I watched like a, a video where like somebody made the alternate decision where they didn't let Jonas uh, go through, and they mm -hmm. forced Jonas to come into the door uh, with with her, and it doesn't change anything because. Um, you still have the, 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 the showdown with Clarissa, but instead of if it being one V one, it's like, you know, talk, talking back and forth, right? One V one, it's, it's two V one talking back and forth, but the part where you have to tune the radio and then the triangle expands or whatever and engulfs you, it doesn't take Jonas with you. It only takes Alex. So it just makes the very ending, the ending conversation still the same without Jonas. So it changes mm -hmm. nothing. And I'm like, interesting. What the hell? The only thing is, is like well, Jonas gets to have a couple of words in with Clarissa and or, or in the ghost or whatever, but then disappears immediately too. So it's like, what the hell? Um, so with games like this, and it is kind of interesting to see that some of the devs have the uh, some of the devs and voice actors have the background off the Telltale games, right? Uh, I think there is like a Telltale model of uh, narrative choice driven uh, games where. There's a few key choices that truly influence uh, the story, but then there's a bunch of other choices peppered out that who's, who have like a very small influence as a result. Like they're almost like self-contained, like this choice will influence the next dialogue line, but that's it. Or this choice influences this scene to happen, but it will not change the ending of the game. Uh, and I think this game very much made use of that um, kind of that, system where there are certain key choices that seem to influence what happens at the end for example uh, i don't know why but in my playthrough nona and ren did not end up as a couple um, interesting yeah, yeah they, they were, were fine, they were they but... were they were they were like uh, you know how i kept changing i think it's because i kept on choosing to hang out with um with uh, Jonas because oh. when Michael and Nona kept hanging out with each other, that's when they fell in love. It's like, you know, like when you leave them alone in the radio tower or whatever the hell it's like, mm -hmm. they spent so much time together that they just like, Hey guys, we're, we're, we're a couple now. Like they, that's mm -hmm. at the end of the game. They were like announcing it to us and stuff. Interesting. Yeah. That probably has to do with it then. Um, yeah. Cause I left, so I left Jonas and Ren together and then I went off with Nona at that point. And then when I came back, I think Ren and Jonas had made up, basically. Um, but then that didn't give Ren and Nona a chance to uh, to get together. Uh, maybe the choices that you do in the beginning as well could have influenced that, because I told Nona that Ren was into her. Um, I was kind of like, 
yo, you know, you should give him a chance and stuff. One of the achievements um, is to slap one of the characters. I don't remember which one it was, but I didn't get. Oh, that's funny. I, I got slapped though, uh, because mm-hmm. I, I, it was like, like, like fuck Mary Kill, and mm-hmm. I couldn't decide who, who to fuck. You know, that was the, the very first one. And I'm like, uh, and then like, and then it, then the dialogue boxes disappeared, and it led to me getting slapped because uh, no answer is also uh, um, what do you call it? like like uh, it was worthy of being slapped or whatever as well per the rules. So mm-hmm. yeah, it just sucks. Yeah, like I just the beginning. Okay, I'm gonna tell you this right now. Playing the beginning of the game was the one thing that really irked me uh, in hindsight because I fucked up so many things in the beginning. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, I don't really have a lot else to say, actually. I feel like I kind of hit on all the main points. Um, Same. I think there is, I, I, I feel bad that I feel like we were, we lean more negative with this game. And I, I sort of hope that with the show, we would be usually positive, <laughs> but you know, if we played a game and we didn't love it, we also need to be honest uh, mean, with ourselves and the audience. So, but it has, it does have its, yeah, um, it has its, its phrases, good, it know? has its good yeah. stuff. And like, I mean, like. I, I I mean, as maybe it was good in 2016, you know, but like at this point, right. by turn 2022 standards, this is a mediocre ass game. But yeah, um, I think it's not offensive to anyone's sensibilities. Um, if anything, I will say that I've seen the gameplay, uh, like the trailer for um, the second after sequel. party. Yeah, no, Oxen Oxen Free Two, the Lost Signals. Oh, okay. And they're they're a little bit more ambitious, and I'm a. Little, I am interested. Like this, I feel like the the groundwork was set, and they're gonna go bigger for Oxenfree too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I feel like there were a lot of possible missed opportunities with this game, uh, especially when it comes to the radio functionality. I feel like that mechanic could be explored into much more interesting puzzles and mechanics, uh, especially with how that ties into the time travel stuff as well and whatnot. So. Um, Maybe, Lewis, maybe it's on the second game that you're going to be able to truly escape the <laughs> the loop, right? Um, they, so uh, I'll be very curious to see how that turns out. I've seen the IGN first or whatever for Oxenfree 2, and they made time travel its own mechanic where, like, you can step into these portals and then, like, suddenly you're, like, oh. uh, you're, like, 100 years in the past and then... You need to traverse through the cave, and then you can end up on the other side. It's like you know, like uh, in the Legend of Zelda, um, uh, a link between worlds. You have to go between the uh, high rule and low yes. rule uh, in order to end up on the other side. You know, like a chasm that you couldn't cross. Mm-hmm. It's basically like that, but on Oxen Free Two. Cool. Yeah. Well, hopefully, this is a traditional uh, sequel situation where they're able to do everything that they couldn't uh, with the first game on the sequel, and then it. It ends up surpassing and, and being much better than the original. And Agreed. then maybe we'll do a spoiler cast for that, too. Agreed. Uh, well, all right. Do you want to sing us out, Lewis, with the with the sound effect? Uh, sure, I guess. But let me... I did guess I put you on the spot? You did, but I will say... <laughs> okay. That, um, for... As a, as a, as a like, final whatever, I guess this is a... Tech, is it official? It's a... It gets an unremarkable? Uh, yeah, that's what I would give it. Yeah, I, I feel a little mean about it, but um, <laughs> I, like I, I definitely our first, got... our first uh, our first scale. Like it's it's an unremarkable game. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> we should have picked better. <laughs> um, you know what? Yeah. Well, hey, let's, let's let's announce it. Let's announce next month's game because we already know. Oh, you want to commit? If you commit, we can't pull out. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. Let's just let's just use allegedly. It's like next month's uh, okay, <laughs> game at a time. 
is allegedly going to possibly be a breathtaking game. So we can we can end on a positive. It's going to be uh, Ghost of uh, Tsushima. So there we go. Yes, yes. Very much, uh, very much looking forward to uh, talking about that one. Um, right. I don't know. I don't know if I would give it that, but <laughs> I am liking it. I am liking it more than the last two games that we played it so far. Fair enough. Yeah. All right, I got this. Very good, Lewis, bringing back an old ready, press, play sound effect. Uh, <laughs> it is time to end. Thank you so much for joining us uh, for the second episode of One Game at a Time. Don't forget to subscribe, give us a nice review, and tell your friends about the show. You can find the podcast at Ready Press Play on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at PowerUpDan and Lewis. At Chakalaka88. That's right. See you next time. Bye-bye. Peace.